0: Hi everybody, and welcome to the Intuitive Activist Podcast. I'm Leilani, your host, and today we are joined with the brilliant Rowana Abinsetz Dobson. Rowana is a Guyanese American writer, a mental health advocate, and founder of Spoken Black Girl, a publishing and media company that promotes mental health and wellness among Black women and women of color by amplifying emerging voices. She has had fiction and poetry published in MoCo Magazine, Obsidian, Literature and Arts in the African Diaspora, Cultural Push, and Free Verse Magazine. She's a freelance health and wellness writer and currently is in the process of publishing her first ever book, Departure Story, which drops June 1st. Y'all go pre-order that. It's going to be so good. So good. So for now, I invite you, as always, to find your cozy spot, grab your cup of tea, perhaps put on your walking shoes, and join us for this brilliant conversation with my good friend, Rowana Abensetz Dobson. Rowana, my dear friend, welcome, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Leilani. Oh my gosh, I am uh enchanted right now. I'm enchanted by your energy and we just completed a grounding exercise where Rowana's ancestors came forward to fill her up, but I was kind of like by osmosis getting filled. I'm like, give me a little, give me a little bit of that, give me a little bit of that, and it was just beautiful. And I am just so grateful you're here. I'm so happy to have you on the show. Thank you for saying yes. (laughs) I was just so happy that this vision that
1: you had finally came to life because (laughs) you've been talking about this for the past year or so. And Mm -hmm. to just to see it actually, you know, come into existence and Now I'm here and I get to share and
0: it's just all beautiful, divine timing. Mm. I feel so calm right now. And I I feel like that is this, you emit this peaceful, calm into the world. And I'm just so grateful that I get to share it with others, with with the world. Before, Before we dive into this what I am sure will be an incredibly ethereal conversation. Tell us a little bit, Rwana, who are you? What is your big work in the world? And how do you source from your intuition to complete that work?
1: Okay. So who are you? It's a very big question. More and more these days, I try to think of myself as a spiritual being having a, having a human experience. You know what I mean? Because it changes day to day. I'm honoring different parts of myself day to day. Really, even like within my profession and my art, I used to just kind of say, I'm a writer, I'm a writer, I'm a writer, but then over the past year or so, I've realized I'm so many things. Even professionally, um, being a publisher, being an editor, being an entrepreneur, someone you know with a particular vision for what I want to see in the world, and just sharing that with other people. But I mean, then we have the more like worldly identities, you know. I am a black woman, proud black woman. I am
0: really tall (laughs) i didn't see i didn't even know that (laughs) because we've only met on the interwebs
1: (laughs) there so i'm from brooklyn i was born in brooklyn raised in queens new york woo woo. and you know i'm i'm the daughter of immigrants my parents immigrated to this country from guyana which is in south america and and I was born right here. Well, not right here anymore. Now I'm in Atlanta, but I was born in Brooklyn. So um, I recently moved. Yeah.
0: Tell us a little bit about, oh gosh, I love what you said. And I've heard that. I've heard you say that before. I'm a spiritual being living a human existence. So tell us what that means in terms of, because you are an activist. I mean, it is so clearly True. So what how does your intuition play into that? And then and then we want to hear all the tea about your book, coming out. We want to hear all about Spoken Black Girl, but like tell me a little bit about how your intuition plays into all of this.
1: My intuition, I think over the years I've been learning how to trust my intuition more and more. And now it's just to the point where every time I go against my intuition, I'm just like, oh. Uh, you knew this was not the way to go. Oh,
0: so many stories. We could just spend a whole podcast on us not paying attention to our intuition and being like, well, that didn't fucking work. Mm-hmm. Did it? It's like, that's what you get. Like
1: you need to listen to your inner voice and just, you know, sometimes it's, Even deeper than that, it's, you know, feeling it out. Like, how is your body feeling? What energy are you receiving from this person or this situation or this opportunity? And is it something that's really in alignment with you? So, I mean, in that way, I've been getting better and better at it over the years of kind of like knowing when it's time to speak, knowing when it's time to Engage, especially, you know, oftentimes I'm talking about issues around racism, sexism, massage noir, you know, homophobia, all of these really traumatizing topics. And as a mental health advocate, you know, it's my job to engage in that. But I really, really had to learn self-care and I'm still getting the science of it down, but it became just necessary. And now, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm a lot less hard on myself when it's like, okay, I feel like I need to rest or I feel like I need to spoil myself a little bit or, you know, do something self-indulgent or just have this time alone. Like I'm a mom. Oh, that's a big one that I, <laughs> that I didn't you left out? <laughs> I'm a mom. That's okay. I have EC letting go of the mom guilt. I have, mm. because she's her own person completely as well. Mm-hmm. Like if, You even see pictures of my Simone. She has come here to like teach me some lessons and I've grown so much ever since she came into my life. So, but even with that, I had to learn how to take time to myself or still have me time even if she doesn't like it because she wants to be with me all the time. But, you know, ultimately, that's going to make me better for her. So that has been another, a huge leg in this journey. It's just, and she just teaches me, you know, to continue enjoying life, you know, because she's always like, for the most part, happy and upbeat and, you know, wanting to try new things. And I'm kind of the same way. So it works out. (laughs)
0: and something that you said it's so counterintuitive especially in our culture especially as women of color and especially as a black woman I would imagine that taking care of ourselves actually puts us in better service to others especially our children and especially with the big work we do as activists it's it's paramount and I think that we are in a culture where burnout mode is almost like revered, like, oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. And luckily I think COVID has shifted that a little bit. And I guess what was the process from which you went from, cause you are busy. I know you're busy because I watch everything you do. And you went from this space of just like probably near burnout. I would imagine because of all of the things you were doing and here you are now in this counterintuitive. I need to take care of myself so that I can take care of the rest of everything I need to do. What was that process in between? Like,
1: okay, sure. Let's see. I won't pretend that I'm like the burnout expert. Um, <laughs> That's okay. Although like I have written like a blog post about specifically the differences between depression and burnout, because I think that <clears throat> Oftentimes, the two can mimic each other. Absolutely. I mean, burnout, sometimes you feel like you can keep going, and you keep pushing yourself, keep pushing yourself. There's a part of it that has to do with fear, fear of like, if I stop going, 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 will my life fall apart? You know, will I, you know, will my job? Be at risk like that is the whole hustle hustle culture um that we live in and for very um, a lot of people like that's very real mm-hmm. and I feel like it's important to acknowledge that like <clears throat> you know it's a cutthroat world out there like and a lot of people are working really hard to put food on the table for their family and I understand that And I never want, you know, the self-care conversation to um, exclude that or make it seem like that's not a reality because it definitely is. And I think that's where sometimes people get into the discussion of like, is self-care selfish or is it, it seems like very self-indulgent. But what I would say is that, you know, on the other side of that fear and anxiety, there is always a way to create um, your life the way that you want to create it. And you can get closer and closer to that. I'm not going to say everything will be completely different overnight, but you can, you know, with the power of intention, I I would say like affirming yourself and believing in yourself and also putting in the work, but wisely, um, there is always a way to create something new for yourself so I would say even when it comes to the differences like for me the differences between them um, depression and um, burnout I was diagnosed at, at a young age I mean as a teenager with depression and Since then, I've kind of grown to not let it define me completely, or, you know, not to identify too closely with it, because I think that that's something that can also come up when you're talking about mental health. You are not any one thing. And I Mm -hmm. think that's kind of goes back to what I was saying in the beginning. And I think that's important to remember just throughout our mental health journeys and just our healing journeys in general. But it's also important to know your body. Like for me, even in the past couple of days, like I had been doing a lot of Instagram lives, a lot of like posting online. And that was like energy draining to me. Although I really enjoy engaging with my audience and doing that, it's very, it can be very draining. So then yesterday I was like wiped out and I was feeling just kind of low energy and I was doing the things, you know, one thing I, I think that people, another misconception about self-care is that like, if you are doing the work um, or if you are practicing self-care in different ways that you're just ultimately, you're supposed to just be good all of the time.
0: Yeah. That's Um, not, exactly. It's not even possible. And that would, that keeps us out of trying that keeps us out of, to your point, like setting the intentions to take care of ourselves, because why would we even, why would we even set an intention if we know we're going to fail?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So yeah, it's always having that,
1: that positive mindset, like, I can do this, I can achieve this, Mm -hmm. the world is not gonna stop if I rest and take care of myself. Um, Everything is still going to be okay, you know? Mm -hmm. Even with my daughter, um, I just want to model that example of like, you know, mommy does things that show that she loves herself, Mm -hmm. she takes care of herself, Um, and raise her to be confident in that way that I didn't get until like much later in life.
0: (laughs) And that's you breaking that cycle, that breaking the cycle of our worth is defined by the ability to burn out or just like overwork ourselves. And I mean, also as a child of immigrants myself, I know that that's a big part of it too, is like seeing our parents work so hard to, to survive And then, and then being in this life that I feel so blessed and grateful to be in now that I get to make choices to thrive and I get to break that cycle Mm -hmm. for my son. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's just, it's beautiful when I think of like the arc of, you know, because I'm right now I'm tied to your energy and you know that because we did that grounding exercise, but to see your ancestors, see your parents, and then see you like creating this beautiful life for your daughter. And and instilling her with a sense of worthiness and that she doesn't have to hustle to be worthy. It's a, its amazing.
1: Yes. And it even links back. Okay. So now I'll do my book promo. It, it really links back to my story, departure yes. story that is coming out this June. Oh my gosh. And it's also kind of a, kind of a multi-generational story, or at least like, There's the story of the main character, Celestine, and then there's her relationship with her mother, her relationship with her aunt, her relationship with her sister. And I really, you can see, you know, the opportunities that what what one was given, Mm -hmm. what one wasn't given, what people were able to make of their lives, like depending on circumstances. And you can really see the development of you know, generations and, you know, every day I spend time by my altar space um, and I have pictures of my grandmothers and my aunts and just even my, you know, presently living like female relatives, just people that I love. I try to connect to that divine feminine energy and, you know, I know that they've got my back and that, Everything, you know, that they've done over the years has like brought me to this point. So, and yeah, I'm getting, you look like, okay, I'm getting a little teared up too, but
0: yeah, it's beautiful (laughs) because I'm just like sitting here in this space of just reverence for just how expansive your viewpoint is. It's like this moment in time is not about Rwanda. It's about everyone that came before and everyone that's going to come after her. And so it just like, Hearing you talk about your book, I'm just filled with like sensation and goosebumps because it's so expansive. I haven't, I haven't read it y'all. I wish I had, I it's on pre-order pre pre pre-order. I'm like, (laughs) like counting down the days until June, you know, for it to drop, but it just like the energy of it. I can feel it. And it's, it's beautiful. It's infinite. Yeah. Thank you. I
1: hope you like it. I'm
0: like getting really nervous. I'm going to love it (laughs) because you are brilliant And your story, and I I know this is a a fiction technically, right? And so, but you you infuse so much of yourself in everything you do. I have no doubt that it'll be exactly that.
1: Well, um, I guess I should kind of like give like a a warning before. um, (laughs) It's more like... Um, there's definitely a lot of me in the book, mm-hmm. especially um, the main character, Celestine. you know, but I kind of, um, depending on how well you know me or what circumstances you know me from, you know, I, some things it's like kind of like two truths and a lie.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> I love that so, so much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and a lot of the scenarios in the book like not all of them happen to me, some of them happen to women I know or mm-hmm. you know just things I've observed like over my life. So, and I still have more and I'm like writing the second part to this novel now. So, yeah I mean so you'll you'll see I think it'll be potentially a little bit triggering for some people but my
0: book too Same. same (laughs) z's that's just what we do (laughs)
1: like but I think I really wanted to like just have people think about the characters think about the different situations and like why things turn out um, the way they do. So mm. hopefully, well, I hope that you really like it. Yeah, that you love it. And I sure
0: hope I will. <laughs> I, I'm looking at myself in the future with my jaw on the ground like I, I know her that wrote this, and this is beautiful. <laughs> so Spoken Black Girl, Tell us about Spoken Black Girl, how it came about your publisher, what does it mean to you? Tell us a little bit about that work you do.
1: Okay, so uh, Spoken Black Girl started maybe two years after I graduated from college and I was just interested in blogging. Throughout like my entire life, I've always been attracted to like newspapers and magazines and journals. And I wrote and edited for a lot of you know journals, whether it was at school or wherever. I don't know where I picked up this interest. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's Um, part of you. It's not a, you know, like there's, it's, it's part of your fabric, your fiber, your makeup. So, yeah, that was just kind of
1: always me, but Spoken Black Girl specifically, I started, um, because I wanted to talk about mental health and what it was like for me as a black woman to, you know, deal with different mental health issues and specifically, you know, what it was like to seek care, how to find a therapist. That was, like, really big, um, especially when I first started. It's still relevant, but I felt like the information just wasn't out there, and those conversations weren't being had. This is maybe, like, 2015 or so, so Mm -hmm. um, now it's, like, mental health is it you know like everyone's <laughs> place like to be. mental health mental health
0: it's I um, mean COVID how, how do you even get away from mental health how do
1: you yeah. you can't like people are stuck at home with nothing but mm-hmm. their own imaginations
0: it's <laughs> and a scary place sometimes
1: <laughs> yeah exactly so over the years I just started wanting to publish the stories of other women and like because I realized, I was like, wait, I'm, I know what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to like tell stories um, that will enlighten, empower, and inform. But I don't have all of the stories, right? Like I only have a very limited experience from what I've seen in my walk of life. So I wanted to get other people. And I just started doing that on my website and then one year I think like 2016 I just decided like hey maybe we can try to print this so then we did the first print magazine and then um we did the second last year and now the third is coming out in May so very soon
0: yeah yeah
1: cover reveal coming soon yeah
0: Oh my gosh. Just incredible. And definitely as you talk about spoken black girl, I, I also think of this quote that you recently published around your book coming out. And you said, I hope this book will make a black girl reading white male authors in her American lit class feel seen. And so what, what is coming to me as you describe your work with spoken black girl, as you describe your, your book is this notion of like, helping black girls feel seen and feel as though you know I guess the question that's coming through and this is channeled right now is for the little black girl in her honors English classes who feels like I think I'm an author but I'm afraid what do you say to her? What do you want to say to her right now?
1: I feel so pressured on the spot. I mean so many things come to mind. Like at first, I was a little brutal. I was like, "Feel the fear and do it anyway." Mm. But then I was like, "It takes time to develop." Yeah. And I'm not even at, you know, I feel like I'm publishing my first novel. Like I'm, I am. So um, I'm not the old wizened author yet. But I would say, you know, it's possible. I guess. Mm. It's possible and you will make a way. Mm. And if it's really what what your heart's intention is, you you will make a way. Yeah. I mean, I think that's part of a big part of why I do what I do is it's just um, I think it's important in terms of representation to just see, have people see me being me. Mm -hmm. and that we exist like there have been so many times over the years where I just wonder like where is the diversity on this you know reading list where is the you know where are the authors of color like Mm -hmm. we don't know (laughs) a lot of the time a lot of that was the case in like mainstream publishing and a lot of settings and scenarios and or I would get the the situation of using black or POC authors, but you know the editorial staff behind it is not really POC. And
0: it's kind I of mean, cher- I think- like cherry picking, like what, like the experiences of stories, like oh, it can mm. be, can't be too triggering. It has to, mm. yeah. So it's kind of like the, it's like our whitewashed version. It's a whitewashed version of us.
1: And hence my interest in publishing and one of the things that I want POC authors to understand, specifically, you know, I speak to the black black women mm-hmm. authors to understand, but really everyone that's externalizing their power in different ways. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Our stories are so powerful. Our stories are so just just powerful, magical amazing our voices are you know amazing the fact that you know the representation isn't necessarily there is not at all a reflection of the talent that's out there and but sometimes it's very tempting and I myself have done this because I'm a working writer and you can't always choose the publication or like you know Mm -hmm. How, if, especially if it's down to like, this is my career and I'm trying to make a paycheck. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, be careful who you're selling your stories to and mm. how they're choosing them and why and how it's being treated behind the scenes. Like, you hear stories um, of like mainstream publishing in different meetings and just kind of like diff- different disrespectful things about how they will like treat you know, Black authors or, you know, our work. And so mm. um, I wanted to be a space where authors could come and be treated with, you know, dignity mm. and just to really have their story understood. I mean, at least if I give you a critique Um, it's not going to be coming from a racist place. It's just going to be coming Mm -hmm. from a, you know, it is what it is. Make these edits space.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's the safe space. That's what I'm hearing. You, you create conditions for black authors specifically to have a safe space to tell their stories. Yes. Yes. I was getting so um, emotional as you were talking and I can't even pinpoint which part of it you just you embody this yearning for black authors specifically black writers to have a place to belong in this world like that it doesn't exist not in the ways that would create like dignity and respect and actually treat your stories as sacred because they are yes and to be able to Witness your process in doing that and and your purpose. I mean, like I said, it's your fabric, it's how you're built, it's how source created you is to have this tenacious, unapologetic at times, um, but just this mode of activism which is centered in healing and belonging. Mm. Which is just feels like who you are, like this paradox, even even talking to the little black girl in her AP English class and or English lit and to be like, lean into the fear anyway, and take good care of yourself. Yes. you know it's like it's like go, go forth, dear one, and also like be gentle and and no, you know something. like it's this like gentle, this this gentle no bullshit like, I love that about you. Uh-huh. And I and I love that it's just like coming through in this interview. It's beautiful. I, you know, I just do my best
1: <laughs> to just show up and just try to be myself and talk about what I believe in. And mm. I'm just glad to be with you and mm. that you are receiving. And I hope like the listeners are enjoying as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. So tell me, I mean, you have some big, big things coming on the horizon. Um, how are you prepared? Like, how do you even prepare for, and this is me selfish. Like, how do you prepare (laughs) for a book release? Cause I'm going to be about a month behind you. Um, like what is on your (sighs) radar? What is, what is on your heart? Like what's coming through right now? Hmm.
1: So this is actually gonna be helpful to me too, because I'll just go down my to do list. Um, (laughs) But right now, let's see, I'm getting in touch with a lot of people to do different press about the book. So, you know, our podcast recording is right on time, right? There's just, I'm doing a lot. (laughs) Yeah, you are. You really are. Just trying to have different engagements and just be out there a little bit more, just giving glimpses into the process, giving glimpses into the book has been like one of my favorite parts and I have more of that to come. So I think, you know, as a creative, however best you create, um, just do that, like, (laughs) but about your book. I guess that's my book marketing advice.
0: Yeah. I hear that as being. And and it's something that I've been really trying to lean into myself is the more I choose to be in this life rather than the doing, right? Because I've been a doer, I've been a hustler my whole life up until about about a year ago when I was like, "Um, I can't, I'm done with the hustle and I just want to be. And as I'm realizing that about myself that I am, I just want to be, I'm fine. I even thought this in my run this morning is like, I'm actually like a creator. Like I am a creative, I'm a creator. And so what do you say to people like me? This feels so selfish, but what do you say to people (laughs) like me who are leaning into like, I am a creator, I'm a creative and that is my, that's my way of being in this world. Like, what do you say to us who are just like right on the edge of just like jumping into that? Because you have been swimming in it for so long.
1: I'm glad it appears so. (laughs) You are. Yeah. Continue being, continue letting yourself be and finding, you know, you know how to unlock you, right? Mm. Everyone does. And I feel like that has just been one of the truest things that I've seen throughout my life because even being in this space, it kind of goes into like the self-help space a little bit. And you realize that there's no amount of self-help or tips that you can give anyone Mm. to like make them change their life or whatever. But what you can do is like affirm someone starting a good habit, mm. you know, which is why it's so important to like be in community because say, like just now, like you were talking and you were like, um, I went on my run this morning. And I was like, cool, I went on a run this morning too. <laughs> now I feel like we were oh, running okay. together. We probably and were together would be like I was running thinking buddies. About you <laughs> and exactly. Exactly. But I think that's, you know, that's part of I think what self-help is supposed mm. to be is it's just like here, this is what I'm doing. Here are all the tips that I'm doing and like how I do it. And then, you know, other people kind of get inspired off of that and they're like, okay, I'm going to stick with this and, you know, continue. Yeah. You have the keys to you. I think that's the main point. So whatever you do most naturally, even if it's like this podcast, I love, like I you
0: love can podcasts start, <laughs> It's
1: so fun. <laughs> it, you are, it's just, fits you Aww. so well. Like, I could not like believe when you were like, oh, I've only been like, you know, dipping my toe in the creative pool for like a year or so. I'm like, Leilani, you like belong mm-hmm. here, girl.
0: Thank <laughs> you. Oh, that makes me feel so warm. And what I hear really strongly coming through and what you just said is, well, A, we ourselves and and me as Leilani, I'm the only one who knows what being a creative walking this earth. And I would even venture to say a spiritual creative walking this earth. Yeah, I'm the only one who can unlock that. I'm the only one who knows exactly what that looks like. And being in connection, this is B, <laughs> and being in connection and being in community with others almost to reflect things back. It's, it's less about, I, I definitely hear like, hey, how about just almost like a, a hype, a hype person in the background, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, that intention. And my friend Anika, who was on several episodes back, she and I are like each other's hype women, like, like seeing like, Oh, I see (laughs) you trying to get better sleep. I'm gonna keep holding you accountable to that. And like, that's what I kind of hear is, is being willing to unlock that for yourself and being in community with people who understand the importance of what you're doing and continue to affirm that continue to Staying connection and to remind you of what you're saying is important. So now you know I'm like I want to walk this earth as a spiritual creative, and you're gonna call me or you're gonna text me in a yes. week and be like, "How's that going? Like, how is that going, Leilani?" Because you <laughs> you said that out loud. So I love that. Yeah, love that.
1: It's so that is how we grow. It's part of how we grow. I believe that. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh. And I just keep hearing connection and community. And even as you described your book, the two truths and a lie, which I love, I love that you called it that, (laughs) but you said you kind of are borrowing others experiences and stories and obviously not, not plagiar, you know, quote unquote plagiarizing it. But, but to say like, I'm holding your story sacred and I want you to have voice because I have voice. Right. Mm -hmm. And so tell me a little bit more about the role that being in connection being in community plays in your creative process because i'm just enchanted by that
1: mm. i think that my community definitely gives me life like at times when i feel like i want to give up i can think back to last summer um, when i was publishing issue two resilience mm. of spoken black girl And it was one of those situations where, you know, the pandemic had just, like, really, we (laughs) realized that this was, like, serious and here to stay Mm -hmm. for a bit. And, you know, my business was taking a hard hit, Mm -hmm. like, because I was usually doing, like, speaking engagements and, you know, even and workshops and things like that. And then even, like, client work. Um, a lot of businesses were, you know, in that same shock mode. Mm -hmm. So I had no idea how I was going to get that magazine out, like in terms of printing costs, in terms of like, there are so many, publishing is a very um, expensive business, which I feel like I didn't realize and a lot of people don't realize mm-hmm. um printing costs mm-hmm. like there are so many creatives involved in the process like you know different levels of editors and designers and um so many it's like a giant puzzle and like so many pieces to put together and i had no idea how it was going to happen and, I was doing a GoFundMe campaign, and Leilana, you donated to the oh, GoFundMe.
0: you know. And I know, she's like, don't say anything.
1: <laughs> I will. It's okay. Um, but, yeah, we I did the GoFundMe, and so many people donated to the GoFundMe. And it was just beautiful. Like, the community actually really literally, like, brought that – um magazine to life and then this this go around um i was able to secure a grant so like you know we you guys lifted me to be able to get to the place where i could do that so i'm extremely like there i have a very just strong emotional connection to Uh, my community like so and it just makes it's made up of so many people like you and i get i'm thinking of like daniel from dcast music who's like this amazing guitarist and and vocalist who he donated his album proceeds to spoken black girl um and that that helped get the magazine printed like things like that like i have my friend um Imelda at Pray With Our Feet Mm. and Women Creatives Chat and she is just a powerhouse Mm -hmm. and she has been so just really happy having my back like through good times and bad Mm -hmm. so I mean even I'm getting emotional talking about all of this because like it's just like wow like people who really these are not blood relatives of mine, like blood relatives are like less interested in what's happening Mm. (laughs) with me than like, like like, these people I've met, Mm. that's like spiritual family. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying?
0: Absolutely. I just got goosebumps when you said spiritual family. And what I also heard in that is not one person alone has lifted you up. It's like, literally I see just like tons of people, just everyone has like a finger, you know, that's like, and that is what we need. And we go through seasons yeah. where we're the ones that need to be lifted and where we're the ones where that are doing the lifting. And mm-hmm. I just this notion of like, we have each other and we need each other and we belong to one another is just feeling really powerful as you're describing that. Yes. I love mm-hmm. that. I love that. Oh my gosh. I like never want you to leave me. I want to keep this conversation going and maybe we'll come back for part two after your book has dropped and we get to hear Ooh. all about all the things. I see you with like your center shades and you're like totally like in your private jet. I'm, I'm manifesting this life for you. Um, oh my gosh. Well, before we go to like the last kind of fun question. What is, what is on your heart? What needs to be said in order for you to feel as though you said your piece here today? So,
1: justice. Mm. There was a young lady named Micaiah mm. who was murdered by the police. And we need justice for Black women. And that includes all Black people. so that's queer, trans. Everyone who is subject to this violence. I stand with, you know my brothers and sisters in the Asian American community. And I stand with indigenous communities who are protecting this land with their lives. And I don't want anyone to forget that for even a single day. And I think that's important. Those are things that I try to think about every day. I don't let let it consume me, but I let it fuel my work and my purpose. Like, you know, I have a niece named Michaela. Mm -hmm. Names are so close. I have a niece named Mikayla. Oh my goodness. Mm. Exactly. It's like, this can't be it, you know? Mm. So yeah, I say that as my daughter wakes
0: up. (laughs) Hi, hi, sweet one. Well, what I, what I just want to share what came forward is this beautiful image of like all of us holding you up. Right. And your community, but also underneath that with wings Micaiah, George Floyd, they're also giving you voice. That's what I'm sensing right now is that you are also a voice for the voiceless. And I, I, again, I'm filled with goosebumps because I've been revealed that as well, that I'm a voice for the voiceless and it's an honor. And it's also, it's something you said, like it can't consume me. But if you remember that these beautiful souls are holding you up with their wings outstretched, their angel wings. And just knowing that we can never stop. We can never stop being the voice for the voiceless. And we're always going to say yes to that. Yeah. I love you so much. Like You're seriously like, ah, so the silly question that feels so silly now to like end with this, but maybe not. What's your bumper sticker? What, like, if you had, like, a little stamp that you put in all over the world, what's your bumper sticker, Rowana?
1: That's a hard one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, Leilani. I hear hear a message. I hear something coming through, and I'm wondering. What do you hear coming through? Do do it anyway. Do it anyway? (laughs) Am I, like, I feel like I'm, like, a new Nike representative. (laughs) Well, I hear like, see the fear, you know, like see the fear and do it anyway. That's what I keep hearing is like the little black girl that is an author in her bones, see the fear and do it anyway. And it feels like it's not as harsh as you, I think it's not as harsh as you think it is because it's just acknowledging her divinity. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mean to write your bumper sticker for you, but that's what came through.
1: (laughs) I love that bumper sticker. Like so many, I just started designing a bumper sticker in my mind when you did that. I'm like, um, I don't know. I like, I like spoken black girl, everything. So I put like, I, I'm really into like developing the merch and just putting Spoken Black Girl on different things. So, you had so, too many
0: bumper stickers that came forward.
1: I had like a surge of different.
0: Oh my God. And then
1: some of them were like, Live, Laugh, Love. I'm like, No, that's corny.
0: <laughs> well, I love it. And I can't wait to buy all the bumper stickers and put them all over my car. So, oh my gosh. Tell the people how they can get a hold of you. Where are you? What socials? What's your handle?
1: Sure. So you can follow on Instagram at Spoken Black Girl. That's my favorite platform um, with most of my, you know, most awesome friends. Um, <laughs> but we're at Spoken Black Girl everywhere on all of the, on Twitter. On You can add me on LinkedIn if you want, Rowana Appensatz Dobson on LinkedIn and yeah and spokenblackgirl.com and please order departure story <laughs> please pre-order it yes um, y'all get on that and day. we'll be having like several events coming up <gasps> yes. yes virtual events um some one in-person book signing and and atlanta or are you going to new york yes
0: <laughs> in atlanta for now yeah i will see where the summer takes me oh my gosh so i'm coming to atlanta for a book signing as well yeah i'm I'm totally manifesting my book tour i'm like these people aren't gonna know who the hell i am but i'm showing up and i'm signing some books you better do it i'm coming to atlanta so i'm gonna come say hi
1: Yes. I would love that, Leilani.
0: You already know. I know. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for this like beautiful, peaceful, calming conversation. Thank you for affirming me in so many ways. And thank you for for just walking this earth as you do.
1: Thank you for having me in this space. Yes. Just to feel so comfortable and enough is really good
0: oh my gosh you are more than enough dear one we love you and you're so important to to all of this thank you thank you leilani oh my goodness friends thank you so much for joining us for that conversation as i think back on all of the brilliant takeaways that i have from being with Rowana, I think the one that is really sticking out the most is just the arc of generational healing when we think of all of the generations that came before us and the generations that are coming after us and what we can do to interrupt cycles of trauma and create cycles of healing. and. It's just so expansive when when I think about the conversation that we had and, and the ways that we have to interrupt that cycle and what choices we can make to do so. I also am thinking about just all of the ways that Rowana moves through this earth and does things that actively interrupt cycles of oppression and all of the work that she does to ensure that She is moving through this world with intention. It's just everything that I aspire to be, and I do hope you found some inspiration in her incredible story as well. Go to her website, pre-order her book, Departure Story. Uh, I am so excited, I cannot even tell you. I think it's going to be incredible find her on all the socials at spoken black girl. And if you have any feedback about this episode, I would love to hear from you or just connect y'all love to connect. I'm on all the socials at Shaman Leilani, but for now, be still my friends and live into your impact. So grateful to talk to you today. I'll chat with you soon.